Today's episode of the Nick Bob Podcast is brought to you by Pella Windows and Doors. When it's time to get a new window or a new door, you got to go with Pella. Why? Because they can provide window and door solutions to literally any home, and the people are great. Everyone there is awesome. Brian, Clint, Steve, Vince. And you know what's also great? Knowing that you're going to be working with Pella the entire time. I had no idea this was the case, but apparently it is. You realize when you go to some other window companies, all of a sudden questions are popping up like, who's who's going to install that? Who's pre-finishing that? Who's doing this? I got to call who? Who's this person? Who is that? What am I doing? Before you know it, you work with like four or five different people. Ugh. You want the convenience and simplicity of working with one company, not three or four. That's Pella. Check them out on the web, PellaOmaha.com. That's PellaOmaha.com. All right. Uh, on today's pod, very special guest that I'm uh, excited for you guys to, uh, to to listen to. Former Husker linebacker, current member of the Dallas Cowboys, Luke Gifford. I have always been a big fan of Luke. Uh, we went to the same high school. Obviously, I'm much older than Luke, but uh, we went to Lincoln Southeast, Night Pride, baby. And he he's a guy, to me, that was always just really easy to root for. He's tough. He's unselfish. He's smart. And I think you guys are really going to enjoy this conversation. We, we get into his journey uh, to making the Dallas Cowboys a uh, 53-man roster as an undrafted rookie, which is really hard to do. Uh, but we really deep dive into his college career at Nebraska because if you really slide Luke Gifford's career under the microscope, he had a crazy time at Link- in Lincoln. I mean, with a lot of different things working against him. Uh, he had, he had a, a hip issue all through college, uh, that that bothered him, but the big things was all the coaching changes. Think about this for a second before we before I set up get, we get to Luke. Think about this for a second. Luke Gifford committed to Bo Pelini and redshirted under Bo for a season. Then Bo Pelini gets fired, and here comes Mike Riley, and he plays for Mike Riley. Mike Riley gets fired. Then finally, Scott Frost comes for his senior year. So, Luke Gifford played for three different head coaches. He played for really four different defensive coordinators. John Papujas, Mark Banker, Bob Diaco, Eric Chenander. And then he also, during that time, changed positions his redshirt year to his his redshirt freshman year. So, he had like three or four different position coaches. I mean, that's unbelievable. That's, that is unbelievable. And I wanted to kind of pick his brain on all that stuff and, and what all that was like and what it was like to, uh, to, to deal with those coaching changes, what it was like to play for Riley, what it was like his senior year playing for Scott Frost. I mean, I think you guys are, are going to really, really, really enjoy it. So let's get into it. Let's, uh, let's get into it. This was a, this was a blast. Um, let's get to the man of the hour. Here's my podcast chat with Luke Gibson. Well, he is a special, special guy, Luke Gifford, linebacker, Dallas Cowboys, former Husker linebacker, but most important, and I, I Luke, I think I agree with this, you're a former Southeast Knight. Us Knights got to yes, stick sir. together, man. I mean, <laughs> we, we, we got to, I always have pulled for you simply because, you, you know, you, uh, you've you walked through E-Hall and C-Hall and you, exactly. you went into Prosh. You did all the things that I did, man. Yep, those those ties just run a little deeper around there. So <laughs> there's no always doubt. gotta pull for the knights, baby. There's no doubt about it. You uh <laughs> did you play basketball all the way through your senior year? 
I did. Yeah, I played up through senior year. We uh, we were pretty solid. We had a good senior year. We actually we lost in the first round uh, at state to Westside, but we had a pretty good team that year. Did you did you just like football more, or was or were you better yeah. at football? It was just more. You were more of a football dude. Yeah, I I always liked football more, and I just knew that that would probably be my future. You know, I right. love basketball. I actually miss basketball a lot now. I was. I was one of those guys who was at the wreck, like anytime they could get there, you know, <laughs> right, I'm, right. I'm, I still got my hoop dreams for sure. But, uh, yeah, it was just kind of, I just kind of knew that my future would be in football. So do, do you think it definitely helped you playing multiple sports? Because you know, how it is, I mean, it, right. a lot of guys you were around and it's, it, it's, it's really getting more and more prevalent where dudes have to, you know, they choose one sport when they're like 10, 11, 12 years old and they stick with yep. that. How come you didn't do that? You know, honestly, my dad was always just like, like he really just preached playing all of them, you know, and it was, it was kind of one of those deals too, where I really didn't know what I wanted to play until I was like probably a sophomore. I didn't really decide that I wanted to play uh, football for sure. Um, but I just loved all of them. And it was one of those things where if, if you could like balance the workout so that you were getting work at all of them, I know like, you know, you see these kids, especially like basketball and baseball, it's, it's, it's different than football because there's su- it's such a skilled sport yeah. like you always got to be working on your handles or your jumper or your swing or you know so it's a little bit different now but i'm thankful that i did it the way i did um obviously you know there's there's a deb- debate for both like specializing sure. or, or playing them all but i'm really glad i, I played all of them because i think it helped me out a lot did it also help you like you at, at southeast so you played quarterback you played defensive mm-hmm. back I read you caught passes maybe your junior year. Like how many yeah. how many positions did you officially line up in at oh, Lincoln Southeast? Man, I was shoot. I was I was I played quarterback. Didn't throw it, but I'd run that thing. <laughs> tight end. <laughs> you don't want me throwing the ball. That's okay. That's, that's not great. You know. Yeah. Uh, tight end. If I wasn't catching the ball, then you didn't want me out there either. I'm not gonna block for you. <laughs> Um, I mean, I played safety, which was basically like playing linebacker. You know, I'm lining yeah. up like six yards off the ball, just running <laughs> full full head of speed downhill. So, yeah, man, I, I lined up uh, all over the place, but that's what made it fun. So, yeah, there's there's no there's no doubt about it. I uh, there's a bunch of stuff I want to hit on with you, Luke. So let we'll 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 shelve the memory lane Lincoln Southeast yep. stuff for now. I, so where let's get into you know. Right at this moment, are you? Where are you social distancing? Are you in Lincoln? Are you in Dallas? Where are you right now? Yeah, I'm. At, I'm back in Lincoln. Okay. Uh, I've been living with my parents, so smart. We got a full house right now. It's uh, it's it's getting long. Let's <laughs> let's put it that way. I'm, I'm ready to get out of here. Mom's cooking is still really good, but man, I'd uh, I'd like to be in my own place. I, I uh, could imagine. <laughs> are you and Isaac like like? wrestling and oh. fighting on a daily basis right now or what's he, he, going on with your little brother he knows he can't test me and he, he had uh he actually had shoulder surgery like in january so he's still kind of on the mend. right but i tell you what we've had some we've had some nasty uh arm pumps at like 11 30 at night <laughs> you know the last couple of weeks so we've been getting after it a little bit okay what I've, I've really been wondering that with with a lot of these whether it's college football players, college basketball players, NBA players, NFL players, how are you staying in shape right now? Like what give me give me like yeah. what your plan is cuz that's got to be ridiculously challenging. It's hard. I think I think honestly what makes it hardest is cuz you don't really know when it's going to end, you know. Yeah. And so like most programs are 
are made so that you peak at the right time and you don't wear yourself out and all that whole deal. Um, and then you throw on top like gyms being closed yes. and all that stuff. So actually I have, um, the guy I work out with here in Lincoln, his name's Chris Slatt. Um, he kinda, he's been going here for the last few years in Lincoln. He started training guys and he did like my pro day, um, Gerald Foster, Josh Banderas, but like he, he, um, got started with Nate Gary. That was like his kind of his like big guy, yeah. you know, his big name guy. He worked with Nate in high school. Um, and so that's what we've been doing. Um, the last couple of months is I've been working out with him and all those guys have been over there. Nate came back for a while. season has been back. Seathan Carter, mm-hmm. um, Bando, B Riley. I mean, Gerald Foster, a bunch of guys, but it's been hard because you know, obviously you still want to be safe and careful about what you're doing. So we usually like, we'll take a couple hours out of the day, like four times a week. And we, um, work over at his spot and there's like three or four of us there. Right. And then we just have to be really careful about what we do, you know? Sure. I mean, just cleaning the equipment at all yep. times and, and being smart, but it's been nice to have him here. He does a really good job. So we've, we've been staying over there. How is your, cause okay. So you broke your arm in December. Like, are you all healed yeah. up from that? Are you good? Yeah, I'm good. I'm still, you know, going through like the, I still got the wrist issues and stuff like yep. that from just having that whole deal. But I, I mean, strength wise and all that, I'm, I'm feeling pretty good. So I'm, I'm ready to roll. How much have you, you, you talked about how hard it is that you don't know when this stuff's going to end. Do you try to kind of just stay in your lane of like not trying to consume too much? You read about, well, you know, is the NFL season going to be canceled? Are there fans going to be in the stands? Like, do you even yeah. do? Do you try to just be like, man, I just need to not even think about that stuff? Do you do you think about right. that stuff? What do you? How do you approach that? Honestly, I really haven't thought about it too much. And like every time someone asks me what I think or what I think they should do, I'm just like, you know what? <laughs> I don't, I'm not even going to try. Right. I don't know what they should do. I'm just going to take care of what I can take care of. Right. And then when I need to be there and I need to perform, I'll be ready to perform. You know what I mean? Yes. So, and I think that's probably how most guys are, but especially in my position, you know, I'm coming off my rookie year. I got a lot of work to do coming into year two. So it's just one of those things where you can't really worry about anything else. You just got to take care of yourself right now while you're at home and, and make sure you're ready to roll when you when you can be. So let's get into uh, into into Dallas right now. I mean, it's 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 really hard to make an NFL roster as an undrafted yeah. rookie, and you did it. Like, <sighs> take me into your mindset heading into camp that you felt like served you well, that ultimately landed you a spot on that team. Yeah. So I knew that special teams was going to be the biggest thing. You know, like yep. especially in Dallas where we got. Jalen Smith, Lane Van Esch, and Sean Lee. I mean, those those three are your starters. You know what I mean? That's mm-hmm. not going to change. So I just knew that I was really going to have to make my mark on on special teams. Um, and then when I got my opportunity, I knew I was going to have to take full advantage of it. So I kind of, you know, in OTAs and minicamp, I played pretty well, and I was kind of flashing, but there's no pads, you know? So it's like one of those deals where, yeah, everybody looks good when, they're, when they can run and they don't get hit. <laughs> right. And so when I got there, it was just like, First day pass run, I was like, man, I'm hitting anything that moves. Like, it, <laughs> right. it might not have anything to do with this play, but I'm going to stick it. You know yeah. what I mean? So that was kind of just my my thought. And, you know, I just – I think the biggest thing is, especially when you're young and you're learning the playbook, and they just throw you into the fire. You know, it's mm-hmm. not like – you might not get any reps one day. The next day you take, like, six or seven in a 12-play set. And those are the first times you've ever gotten – 
a, this blitz or this coverage or anything like that. So you just have to, you have to ear hustle like crazy. So like in meetings, it's like when they're talking to the vets and the vets are talking or talking about something they do, you always have to be listening. So that was one of the biggest things I did was I just like, I just really listened to guys like Sean and Jalen and Layton who had, you know, been at the position and knew what they were talking about and just tried to pick up as much as I could. Did you, in a weird way, Luke, do you think all the coaching changes at Nebraska, while it sucked in the moment, maybe served you well for this moment where it was like some guys have one defensive coordinator, one linebacker coach, one head coach, one system for four or five years where you had to kind of learn a whole bunch of different ways of doing things. So you were kind of used to kind of crash coursing different defensive systems quickly. Yeah, a hundred percent. I tell people that all the time. That was like the biggest blessing in disguise for me. And like, uh, I like coming, going into the draft last year, that was like one of my biggest like selling points. You yeah. know what I mean? Was like, I, look, I've, I've been in four different schemes in five years. Right. I can learn anything. I've seen everything. Like nothing you try to teach me is going to be something I haven't heard most likely. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So that was really big for me. Cause I know a lot of guys, especially the first couple of weeks when you get there, it's like they hand you an iPad and they're like, all right, uh, be ready to run this tomorrow. You know, like, <laughs> And they don't, they don't care when you go out there and mess up. It's not like, oh, it's okay. Like, you'll get the next one. <laughs> right, you know, it's right, like, right. no, that was your one rep today, and you better get it right. Sure. So it's it's tough for sure. How, how hard was it? I, I feel like for me as a player, it's it's sometimes hard when you got to balance uh, making plays to get noticed. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I got to go make something happen here with my reps or my, my series that I get in a preseason game or whatever the case may be versus yeah. like, do your freaking job, handle your assignment and trust that the coaches will see that was that exactly. hard. Oh, that, that was, yeah, that was so like initially my mindset was like, I got to make like three or four plays every day yes. that like set me apart. You know what I mean? And I think, I quickly realized was like I might only get three or four reps, especially in mini camps and OTAs. So to, you know, it might be great if I make a big play on one play, but if I screw up the next two or three or don't do my job exactly right, or just be in the right spot and show that I can be consistent, that was, that was much worse than, than, than just being consistent on sure. each play, you know? Sure. And I learned that like, there's a lot of guys that make great plays in the preseason. But if they were out of position or weren't doing their job on the other three or four plays they were in, I mean, they're out of there. Right. Those guys were out the door the next day, you know. So I learned that pretty quick was, you know, you want to make those big splash plays, but at the end of the day, if you're not consistent, then it won't matter. Right. What was, Luke, what was the moment like when you got the call or got the word that you made the Dallas freaking Cowboys? <laughs> like, what was what was that like? Who did you call? Were yeah. the tears shed? So like, what was that like? It's actually kind of a crazy story. So, um, I was, I had, I mean, I had sprained my ankle in the first preseason game really bad, like mm-hmm. high ankle sprain. I was done for the whole preseason. Um, and so initially, my agent and I kind of thought that they would just put me on IR. So I would technically make the team and then they would assign me to IR right away. And how that works is like, so if you make the team, you don't get a call. If you, if your phone lights up before, I think it was like two, two thirty or three o'clock, then that's not good. It's okay. usually like, you know, your 
you're cut or they're going to put you on practice squad. And so the cut day was actually um, the first Nebraska football game. Okay. So I was actually at a sports bar watching the Nebraska football game, waiting to see if I got a call or not and to see if I made the team. So, (laughs) so I'm like, I think we're playing like South Alabama or something. Yeah. And I'm checking my phone like every two (laughs) minutes, like, well, okay, it's two twenty four. Like you got, you know, 30, 36 (laughs) minutes, like just freaking out the whole time. And then as soon as it hit three, I was like, Oh my gosh. Like, I, I think I'm good. You know, like I, I think, everything's fine and it's just yeah it was overwhelming man it's pretty cool but then so i thought that they would just put me on ir right away and they decided that they wanted to keep me on the active roster until i was healthy which usually does not happen for a rookie that gets hurt early in preseason so it it was pretty cool what's it i mean i'm sure you get asked this all the time but i'm gonna like what's it like man like i mean you're playing for by every estimation, it's America's team. You know, Dow- right. the Dallas Cowboys. It's the most valuable sports franchise in the world. I mean, it's yeah. it, on a. I guess I was thinking about this on a smaller level, like much, much smaller level. Mm-hmm. Like living, living in Lincoln, growing up in Lincoln, and playing for the Nebraska football team is, in a weird way, did like that's. Did that kind of help you getting prepared for the element of playing for Dallas? Like you've kind of been in the fishbowl in Lincoln before, yeah. like. It, well, I oh, guess yeah. what's all that like? Oh, for sure. I was like, I was like shocked at how similar it was. You know, obviously it's just a more national stage sure. and like, they're always talking about you on TV and stuff like that. But I was, I was probably way more comfortable than a lot of guys were just because of how Nebraska is and like the media, mm-hmm. a lot of guys weren't used to having, you know, 35 media members in the locker room after, practice i was like yeah that's normal for us you know? <laughs> right. like, that's, right. i see that every day so from that standpoint it was it was nice to have gone through what i've gone through in nebraska and then but yeah like just to just to be playing for the cowboys it's pretty surreal i mean i think like you know it, it's kind of hard to like when the season starts it's just kind of a blur you know you don't have sure. really any time to think about it or just like enjoy the fact that you made the team because it's always you're just always on edge but I think for me, like when it really hit me was playing on Thanksgiving Day. That yeah. was like that was probably one of the coolest experiences I'll ever have. You know, it's just you get out there, you know, you run down on opening kickoff. It's like, man, I'm playing Sheesh. for the Dallas Cowboys yeah. on Thanksgiving. So I, it's incredible. That was pretty sweet. Yeah, dude. I mean, uh, you know, Jerry Jones is a very visible, and you know, he taught. I think he has a radio show after every game, or at least an interview. He goes on. Like, do you interact with him much? Like, how many times have you been around Jerry Jones? Yeah, I've probably, um, I've probably talked to him three or four times. Okay. he usually says hi when he, he's in the locker room a lot. You yeah, know? and he's he's really good to to us guys. He's he takes care of us, um, and I've always had good experiences around him. So yeah, he's. It's it's different from every other team in the league, you know. He has more of a presence than most owners do, but um, he's always been really good to me. Have you? Are you? You know, everybody talks about their welcome to the NFL moment. Did you have a welcome to the NFL moment? Like a maybe it was in Man. practice, trying to tackle Zeke or something like that. Like, is oh, have you had a moment like was, that? I mean, there was. You know, honestly, I think like when you first get to because our our training camp was in Oxnard, in California. And when we loaded up on the plane to go out to California for training camp, 
it's just the vibe and the energy was so much different from OTAs and minicamp. Okay. That it was, it was one of the most intimidating things I've ever right. like been around, you know, right. it's just like, it's just when that it finally clicks and it's like, this is business. This is people's livelihood. Like this is how they feed their family. It's just a whole different mentality. And I think for me, that was when I was really like, all right, like, buckle up because this is about to get real right yeah you know it's funny because everybody wants to say like hey man it's just a game but like when you get to that level it's yeah you're technically still playing the game but this is it's different like it it, to your point like it 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 has to feel that way like i can't imagine playing at seacrest field is anything close to what it feels (laughs) like to play in jerry's you know what i mean like i know you're still playing football but it's got to be different oh man it, it is different it's just a whole different you know it's just different it's just so much different from college too. You know, sure. people ask me like, wow, it is, it is the, one of the coolest experiences I'll ever have, but it's just so much different from college football or high school football. It's just so much more of a business and I don't even really know how to explain it. To yeah. People, you know, it's just, you know, it, it really is your job. It's, I mean, that's how you take care of your family. So right. it's just got a whole different feel to it. I want to talk about your career at Nebraska because you are kind of the poster child for bad luck in your college career, whether it's injuries. You, I mean, correct me wrong. You were yeah. you were a defensive back your redshirt freshman year. Then you moved to linebacker. Yeah, and then you have just it's it's almost astonishing to write all of it down with the revolving door with the coaches. So you have three different head coaches, four different defensive coordinators. You had to have had at least three or four different position coaches. Like, did yeah. you ever stop and think about all that you had to deal with? Oh, I mean, it was man. just crazy. Yeah. I think like at the end of the five years, it was just like, Oh my gosh. Like when you really just think about it, but honestly, I don't know that I'd be where I am now if, right. if I hadn't gone through all of it. I think, you know, it's, it's really a blessing in disguise. I, I was pretty bitter just around draft time last year because I felt like, you know, barring two hip injuries and five different coaches or, you know, I'm exaggerating <laughs> right. a little bit, yeah, but, right. no, I know what you're saying, <laughs> but it's like, man, I, I just felt like I was good enough to be getting drafted. But at the same time, it was like, you know, I wouldn't take any of it back. Sure. It made me into the player. I am the person I am, you know, so it's, it's worked out for the best. How, how are the, the, the hip injuries, Mm-hmm. Like how take us behind the scenes. Cause it's, I, I think that's, I've always told people, I think one of the biggest disconnects between, and this isn't to like say fans don't know what it's like, but I think one of the biggest disconnects from fans to players is injuries and pain. Like, I think yeah. they just don't really understand that like, Hey man, you, you're not necessarily feeling a hundred percent feeling great every time you're out there and what, and all that it takes to even get out there for your right. hip. Like take me behind the scenes what what the pain was like what those the injury was like like what 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 went yeah. into that man it was it was tough especially because like at first no one like i couldn't i didn't really get a good like answer for what it was and it wasn't anybody's fault it just felt like it felt like my i had like a hip flexor like i had okay. pulled my hip flexor and that happened like my redshirt freshman year of spring and i remember you know i'd wrap it up and try and help it out but i'd be running down on kickoff like just in practice and i like couldn't pick up my foot it was terrible and it would when i got rest it would get better you know but then when the season came around i remember there was a couple 
couple times, and I really wasn't even playing that much my redshirt freshman year. I was playing probably 15, 20 plays, you know, special teams and stuff. And and there was one game I went out, went to my car, and I literally couldn't – I could not pick my foot up to get in my car. Damn. I had to grab my knee and swing it into the car. And that's when I was like, all right, like I got to – we got to figure this out, yeah. you know. And then so we got some x-rays and all that stuff, and I had a hip impingement and a – and uh, torn labrum, which honestly is pretty common. Yes, it is um, actually. Yeah, but a lot of guys, you know, might just might not ever have a problem with it or won't really bother them. But um, so that that was my redshirt freshman year, and then it basically did the same thing again my junior year, and it was the same deal. Couldn't pick my leg up. I mean, Damn. I remember. I think it happened um, in the Oregon game. I just got landed on weird. And it popped, and I knew right away. I was like, I played for like three or four weeks, and then it just got to the point where I couldn't even. I mean, I couldn't even jog, you know. Right. right. So it's it's tough, man. It's I, it really puts a it gives you a different perspective when you when you get to the league, especially, and you see these guys and the things they go through week in and week out, and the things they have to do to be on the field. It's crazy, man. It's just like, man. I mean, people don't understand what what guys have to go through during the week just so that they can be able to run on Sunday. Yeah. Whenever I, so, you know, obviously being fellow Southeast boys, you know, one of my best friends in the world is Barrett rude. And, right. you know, a guy that you obviously know well, I mean, yeah. whenever I would talk to him about all his injury, it's just crazy. You know I mean? He's a guy oh. that played in the league for a long time. And it's like, I remember when I went and watched him play, he was with the Titans and they were playing the Broncos and, and we went to Nashville to watch him play. And he had a torn, uh, labor in his shoulder. He had ripped his groin. I think he had a torn yeah. meniscus and he was still out there playing and he <laughs> played well, you know I mean? It's like, it's right. just, it's crazy. You just have no idea, man. It's just like, yeah. And then you see like, and, and you can't blame, you can't blame the media and the fans. Cause you know, they don't know. Yes. You know? Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. Then you see all this stuff about these guys not performing up to the standard that everybody else wants him to perform at. I'm like, if only you knew what that guy was going through, right. You'd be like, you, I mean, nobody, nobody else can, can do that. No, but no, it is what it is. Hey, what was the, uh, with, we talked about the, the fact that it, it's helped you all the, all the different defensive systems and all that stuff now where yeah. you can absorb it. But in the moment when you're, uh, you're here comes Mark banker, then here comes Bob Diaco. Then here comes Eric Chenander. What was Give me, give me like something specific that was the hardest part of all the changes for you. Was it assignments? Was it terminology? Like, what was yeah. so hard about that? I think the hardest part for me was terminology because, okay. because, I mean, a lot of coaches do the same things. They just call it different things, and then for you to just, especially when you're young, when you're just finally picking something up, and then a new coach's coach comes and he calls it something different and does like minor tweaks to it. And it just, that was the hardest part for me. And then finally I got to the point where when I was older, I could put things together yes. and understand that like in coach Banker's defense, this was this and coach Diaco's defense, it was this and, and coach Chin's defense is this now, you know? So yeah. like, and then I think just understanding like concepts of defense, um, that really helped me too. Like, I mean, I like by my junior senior year, it was like, okay, if you're the flat defender, you have to be the force, the force guy too, because you're the outermost person on the field. Right. So that's, that's what makes sense, you know, but when I was young, I would never put that together. I remember Bo screaming at me, 
Luke, that's your lever. That's your lever. I'm like, what does that mean? You know, like now I'm like, yep, you're the flat player and you're the force guy because you're the outermost guy. Right. But so just stuff like that, you eventually pick up. But yeah, it's when you're young, it's really hard. Did it? I mean, it, there had to been moments where you you had to fight feeling sorry for yourself. You know what I mean? Like, because everybody goes through that where they want to kind of. You know, you, yep. you want to have those moments. You're like, man, this is just, this is, you know, this is BS. I can't believe this yeah. is happening. Like, the, but that's probably a battle or, you know, a path to go down that's not going to serve you well. I mean, that had to have been a, an issue. Right. For sure. I was, I was, I remember my retro freshman year or maybe my sophomore year, I was just pissed. I wasn't yeah. playing very much. I was like, what? Like, this is ridiculous. Felt like I should be playing. And I, it was honestly to the point where I was like, I, never could have done it in my life but i was like i i could transfer somewhere and play sure you know like, sure the grass is always greener yep but it was i don't know i mean I, my dad being the way he is he's like dude you need to suck it up you're too skinny you're not strong enough <laughs> like you can't honestly say you're ready to play right now i'm like what are you talking about dad I'm, yeah I'm playing big you know but right right it, it is it's easy to start to start feeling uh sorry for yourself for sure uh what was what was Mike Riley like to play for? Because you know he's kind of got there's a, there's definitely the whole Mister Rogers vibe to him a little bit. And you know, right. Luke, after the fact, a lot of people said that he was maybe a little too laid back and all that. I guess for someone that you know you you strapped on the helmet and played for the guy, like what? How would you describe yeah. Mike Riley? No, I mean I think people think that he's just this soft like you know soft spoken guy. He's got some stuff to him. You can't be a head coach without having a little yeah. bit of edge you know um it might come out a little different than most coaches but he's got some edge to him uh i you know i i like coach riley as a guy and as a coach you know um i think and and not that i liked my um our position coaches when when coach riley was there sure you know coach bray coach bray was a great coach i honestly like i give him a lot of credit for for helping me get to where i am very talented coach yes i've heard yeah, nothing but good things about coach. him yeah um, but sometimes I, th I think it's just overlooked. Like the, the assistant coaches are really important. Very They're extremely important, especially, you know, coach Riley style. He's, he's more of a manager, mm -hmm. you know, especially defensively. And I, obviously I wasn't in the meeting rooms on offense, but I don't, I don't know how much uh, rain he had over there too, you know? So it's just, it's hard to say, but yeah, I like I like Coach Riley. Yeah. You know, I I never had a problem with him. No, you're right though. I mean, that's where and and listen, I don't. I mean, I don't want to put you in a tough spot, but like I always felt. Listen, Bob Diaco had a very very good uh, resume, but right. I was never enamored with that change because because of all that we said. Like, I felt like in 2016 that defense really kind of got it rolling for a little bit. You're, oh, yeah. You so your would I mean, that have been your red shirt? Sophomore uh, year, sophomore year, yeah, your sophomore year, and yep. and all of a sudden it was like any any uh, progress that side of the football made. All of a sudden you got to start all over again with a new hard. coach, and that's hard to do. Yeah, hundred percent. And I mean, we if I remember right, we were pretty. I mean, top twenty five or thirty in run defense that yeah. year. Yeah, and and I, I I don't think the pass defense was as good, but I mean it was like a noticeable jump from the year before. Huge, huge, and then to just like have a new system, a whole new system, and like start over. Uh, 
that was hard. Yeah, and that and and, and that's not to begr- that's not to throw stones at Diaco because listen, no. he's got to come in and do do what he does. You know what I mean? So right. it's just, but it's hard because like you you guys started seven and zero in your sophomore year, and you guys yep. lose an OT at Wisconsin, and then things kind of just you guys kind of fell up, you struggled at towards towards the end of the season. Yeah. But yep. you know, I, I, it just it felt like you guys had some some things going in the right direction, and the, and to your point of like you know Riley being more of a CEO manager, like continuity in the coaching staff and having everything right with the position coaches really makes a difference when that's the case. One hundred percent, I totally agree, and I know that there was a lot of guys that felt that way too. You know, just. You know, it was it was it was hard for a lot of guys. Yes. A lot of guys felt that way. No doubt. So. No no doubt. I uh can, can you speak to something with setting the record straight on there's mm-hmm. been so many stories and rumors about the weight room when yeah. you know like the, there's you know, like, they, they didn't have to squat if they didn't want right. to lift it was almost this idea like if you, people showed right. up and if you didn't want to lift you just said I don't want to lift and they said okay we'll see you in an hour or something like that like what give me yeah. give me the real talk what was the weight room like when Mike Riley was in charge it was just I we lifted hard like it wasn't like we didn't lift hard it was just a different program gotcha. than what yeah. coach Duvall is doing now you know it's not like they were taking it easy on us. Trust me, we were out on that field when it was 110 degrees dying, you right. know? So, I mean, we um, – I think it, the biggest difference is just the program. And okay. really, any strength coach you ask or talk to is going to have a different approach. So, I mean, I don't – I I was plenty strong yes. at that time. Yes, And I know a lot of guys would say that they were – that was the strongest they had ever been in their life. You know, some of the older guys that weren't around for Coach Duvall, but – yeah, I mean it's just it's just a different program. It wasn't like we didn't work hard. That's right, for sure. Right. I and yeah, <laughs> I I just have I've always felt like there's there's got to be yeah, it's a different program and not everything's going to be the same. Uh, yeah. But you know, okay. So then when when Frost is hired, well, let me go back. Let me go back real quick with with Riley. I mean, because mm-hmm. I think if you were you on the field for the for the BYU game, were you like oh, the? Oh yeah. I mean, because didn't it oh, kind of yes, feel like I was in the stadium for that one? And it ends in a Hail Mary. And <laughs> that kind of set the tone for that season. Like, it was like yeah. anything that could go wrong went wrong. The, <laughs> like, what 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 was that experience like for, for that game? Yeah, well, so actually, uh, this is like, this is probably my worst college, mem- college football memory. This Uh-oh. is my first start ever. Oh. And I probably played like 25 plays that game. Played okay, but you know, probably wasn't quite ready for it. And I was actually covering the dude that caught the Hail Mary. And I was on the bottom of the um, dog pile. I was getting stepped on. My head got stepped on by the mascot, like whole nine yards. It was just, it was just traumatizing. (laughs) So I experienced it a little bit different than everybody else did. Um, But yeah, that like that losing that way really, Oh man, it took a toll on everybody. It had to have. We felt like we were good, you know. It right. wasn't like we felt like we were a pretty good team, and then to have that happen, it was just not a good way to start off. Well, if memory serves, and I don't know who it was, and we don't throw anybody under the bus, but someone did an inside move. Whoever was the defensive end made an inside move and let Mangum or whoever it was get, you know, because so much of the hail marys yeah. are about 
giving the guys time to get down the field. You know what I mean? Right. Like so, so they're, yeah. like they're defending a hail mary. Like there's so many different guys that got to do their job for it to even not get to the point where the ball's in the air. In the you know what I mean? For sure, for sure. Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot of stuff that goes into it. Um, and oh my gosh, I I still I can still see it happening oh, now, Luke. like perfectly. You Brutal. Know? <laughs> like, that was I I. Oh man, it, that one took me weeks to get over. I'm still not really over. I'm pretty tired <laughs> still. I remember that night I'm sitting in my buddy's apartment and uh, Sports Center comes on, you know, and yeah. they do the top ten, and it's number one. And I was just like, <laughs> let me just go crawl in a hole. I don't want to talk to anybody. I don't want to see anybody. I'm not coming out for a while. You know what but. though? What's What's interesting though is, and it, it, there wasn't the dramatic end like that. But in some ways, yeah. the Colorado game your senior year felt similar. It's like that yeah. stadium was rocking. You played oh. really good, if I remember correct. And you guys yeah. were in the driver's seat. You spotted them 14 points. And then you come roaring back. You guys have like yeah. seven sacks. You guys are killing. And then, <laughs> unfortunately, you guys just lost at the end of that one, too. And it kind of felt like that set the tone for the first you know, four or five games of the yeah. season. For sure. And I honestly, I think that one was almost worse because we thought we played like we felt like we played really well. You did kind of set the tone for what we wanted to be and do, you know, and then to lose like that, I was just like, are you serious? Like, really? You know? Yeah. But and that's kind of that's the problem. I think that's been the problem. You know, I, I know our senior year, it was like there was still so much like every time we'd get into those tight situations, you could tell that everyone around them or around on the team was just like it was sneaking back into the back of their mind like yes oh like here we go again you know what i mean like yes. are we really gonna blow this game after we played so well and and that takes a people don't understand that takes a long time to fix and it's, it's really a culture thing you know it's yeah. just it takes a while but you, you know you're so right and and here's the dirty little secret with that is the only way to the only way to build a winning program is to win like you eventually exactly. just got to win those games. So you bring up yeah. like as Frost Frost mentioned numerous times when he was hired, you know, about flipping the culture and getting guys all in. Like is that kind of what you're talking about or how did you how did you see all that at the time because the, it did kind of flip as the season progressed your senior year. Yeah, for sure. I think you know, I we just didn't do things the right way. We weren't you know, I think one of the biggest things was just from a leadership yep. uh, standpoint. And I think, you know, that's, that falls on us as leaders. Um, I don't think we really understood how to lead until we had coach Frost and those guys around, you know? Um, and that took a long time, but I think like halfway through the year there, whatever is Northwestern or I think actually after Purdue, it was just like, this has got to stop, you know, mm -hmm. we, and all the stories you hear about guys being late to meetings and, um, like meals, skipping out on meals or just stuff like that. You know, that was all like, I mean, that was, it was so blatantly obvious that we weren't ready to be a great team because of the things that we did off the field, you know, gotcha. and it was things that we can, could control. So finally it was just like, you know what? Like <laughs> if you're going to be late, you're going to be running stairs at five thirty AM. And if you're going to skip meals, then we'll find something for you to do that, that will be just as bad as run stairs, you know? Right. So it took a while, man. But, um, eventually I think everybody kind of understood what it took to be, you know, a different team and a good team and really be a great team. But 
it's it was hard. Yeah. It took a lot of work. Yeah, because you I I was reading some stuff and you because you were quoted that I think you said it was the Northwestern game. I think you mentioned that it yeah. was the week of the Northwestern game. Even though you guys lost that game, you 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 said something kind of flipped with the team. Yeah. And so it sounds like it was a lot of the details Monday through Friday <laughs> that was that was the big thing. Hundred percent. Yeah, I remember it was. You know, we just had we just had so many like dumb penalties yeah. at the end of games right. that completely took us out of it. That was the sole reason we lose, you know, Colorado. Um, yep. I know we had, we had a, uh, I think against Purdue on a pick, we had something dumb happen, like a personal foul or something, you know, just crazy stuff. It was like, really? Yeah. Like, how do we continually do those things? And then Purdue was actually when we like, as captains, we went into frost office and we're like, like this got to change we we're we're gonna figure this out it's changing now you know so we went into that week against northwestern just kind of just rejuvenated you know it was kind of a reset button and then we played really well obviously didn't finish it but you could tell that everything had had changed and things were were going in the right direction but i think that speaks to your maturity in the moment where because because you recognize that while sports are is a results-oriented business you can you can prepare terribly do all the wrong things and win and that's not good but then you can also do all the other the process right and lose but also recognize that like for long term moving forward like the process is the more important like if you get the process right the results are going to be what you want them to be 100 percent. i think and that was the other thing it was like honestly at that point in the season it was like yeah we're not going to we're not going to do what we wanted to do because we felt like we were talented enough our senior year that we yes. could have won the North. Like I didn't think Wisconsin was that or the West, sorry, yeah. that uh, Wisconsin was that much better than us. Like, mm-hmm. you know, they, they were definitely better, but not three or four touchdowns or whatever it was. And then like Minnesota, Northwestern, all those teams, we felt like we were good enough to, to be in the race at the end of it. So, you know, when we're 0-5 or 0-6 or whatever it was, it was like, at the end of the day, obviously we're not going to get to where we want to be. We can still make a bowl game. But the main, like, thing that has to come out of this season is that we have to change the way the program is heading. Because if we don't do that, we can start winning games, it, but nothing will be different next year. You right. Know? right. And, it, and it's obviously, it's a process. Sure. Like, it's still, it's still ongoing. Yeah. It's, it's going to be ongoing for a while, but that was our thinking was that in the, the day, like if nothing else happens, we don't win any more games. At least we set things in the right direction. Well, I don't think what we could do. Luke, I don't think there's any question. You guys go four and two in your last six games. You probably should have beat Ohio state at Ohio state. Yeah. Uh, you know, you smash Minnesota, you beat Michigan state in a, in just what was a, I mean, uh, classic fist fight slugfest, you know, in exactly. the snow, kind of like you guys, like by the end of the season, there weren't too many teams that you guys probably didn't feel like you felt like you couldn't go not only hang with, but beat. Right. Yeah. We were pretty, con- I remember rolling into Ohio State and being like, we're going to win this game. Right. Like, I honestly felt like we were going to win that game. And it's crazy to think about how, much different it was when we went to Michigan and how much different it was when we went to Ohio State. Isn't that crazy? Same season, oh. same team, and yeah. you, you look like two different teams. Oh, it, it was completely different. I could have told you, I knew in warm-ups against Michigan, I was like, it's just not there. Right. We're just not ready. Yet, right. You know? And then 
Ohio State, it was just completely different. It was like people believed there was confidence. Everybody was having fun. It was just completely different. Hey, guys, quick break to talk to you about Pella Windows and Doors. And you know, putting in a new set of windows or a new door can be really exciting, but can be a little intimidating because sometimes you don't even know where to begin. Well, let me help you out. First of all, you got to go with Pella, obviously. And with Pella, there are a couple directions you can go from there. Number one, you can schedule a free in-home consultation. That's right. It's 100% free. And you're going to get a Pella expert out to sit down with you, look at your home, and they are going to be able to get a Scott Frost-esque game plan all together for you that fits your budget, your home, your wants, your needs, all that stuff. That's option one. Or number two, you can head out to their showroom. Showroom's really cool. Sometimes it helps to actually see the window, see the door, open it, close it to get a better feel of exactly what you're going to be putting into your home. The showroom is also a great place to start. And any direction you go to start, just know that Pella has a variety of products and can 100% provide window and door solutions to any home. And you are going to be working with great people the entire time. Give Pella a call. 402-493-1350. That's 493-1350. Check them out online at PellaOmaha.com. Back to Luke Gifford. I, I still, and I, I think a lot of it had to do, we talked about how people don't know how banged up they are and how injured they are. I still uh, I still think Adrian Martinez has a ton of potential, Luke. And, and I want to hear yeah. your thoughts on him because you were with him every day in practice. You know kind of what makes him tick. You like... What, yep. when, what, give me your take on, on Adrian Martinez, because there is no doubt that he, he didn't have the type of sophomore season everyone thought he was going to have, but I, just, right. I still feel like that guy's got all the potential in the world. 100%. I'd take, I'd take that guy as my quarterback any day of the week. Yeah. He is, he's a competitor, man. He's, he's just a gamer. He loves it. He eats, sleeps, and breathes it. He is just – and he's a really good kid. I think I'll never forget when uh, we did our – oh, gosh, what's it called? We had the SEALs come in yeah, and right. do yep. the training and stuff. Um, and he, you know, they make everybody kind of lead like one of the exercises and he led the swimming portion of it, which okay. was hard. You know, you, you get in the water, you tread water and have a sweatshirt off. You got to take it off, put it back on, Ugh. do all kinds of crazy stuff. And he was the guy leading it. And I'll never forget me, Gerald and Mick just being like, this, this guy's the real deal. Yeah. Just like so much poise, the way he handled it. As a true freshman in the middle of the summer, he really hadn't even done anything yet, you know? Yeah. But it was like, yep. I mean, there was no second guessing it. Like, we could all tell what player, what kind of player he's going to be. And obviously, he didn't have a great year, what yeah. he wanted to have. But there's no doubt in my mind that he's going to be ready to roll this fall. Give me a couple last things to let you run. I appreciate your time here, Luke. What, what makes uh, – you've been around a lot of coaches – what makes yep. Frost unique? What makes him special? What do you? What's his secret? His secret sauce? Because that guy is obviously he's got a pretty impressive uh, resume, and what he did at Central Florida was unbelievable. And I mean, I know you listen to me and Bo do our little recap pods and all that stuff. Like Bo and I are still all in on Scott Frost. I think the world yep. of the guy. Like, what what do you think makes him unique? Honestly, I think he's just so down to earth and relatable. Okay. And the way he cares about his guys, I haven't really been around anyone that, that genuinely cares like that staff does, honestly. I always felt like, you know, with the last few staffs, and I love them, love them to death, and I understand it because it's a business and everybody's trying to, you know, get to a certain point. But to me, it always felt like everyone was just looking for the next best thing, you know? Yeah. 
Yeah. And when they, when their staff came in, it was like, it was so blatantly obvious how much they all loved each other and wanted to be together and win together. Right. And I think for me, that was like, that was, that was a game changer. I was like, these guys genuinely care about each other. They care about us. And there's nothing more that they want than to win here. That's cool. And, and as a player seeing that, I mean, that, that just makes you want to run through a wall for the dude. Right. You know? Right. So I know, I know for us, we, we just love that. All right, five. I'm gonna give you kind of like five rapid fire questions, and then uh, and then class is dismissed. Okay. Perfect. Okay. Uh, favorite game you played in at Nebraska? Uh, probably Michigan State senior year. Okay. Other than BYU, because we've been over this. Other than the BYU <laughs> Hail Mary loss, what's the loss that stings the most, or is it just BYU by a million? Well, it's probably BYU by a million, but uh, I would say Iowa senior year. That yeah. Was- that one hurt. That one's tough. It, okay, NFL quarterback you most want to sack? Ooh, probably uh, the goat, Tom Brady. The goat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you got you got to get T. Brady. All time, all time favorite Husker is who? Oh, um, I'm going with Sue. Have probably. to. Yeah. What about linebacker? Did you did you get to see Barrett very much? Yeah, I was gonna say it's it was between Sue or Barrett. And okay. I, I, linebacker for sure, Barrett. Okay, last thing. Let's give me the scatter report on Isaac Gifford, little bro. Cool. What's what's Isaac do well? All right. Well, uh, he's a thumper, man. He'll uh, he'll come down and hit you. He's he's a freak. He's freaky athletic. You know, I think once he uh, gets gets down there, learns the playbook. You know, it's southeast is a big jump, um, yeah. <laughs> scheme wise and, sure. and just athletic <laughs> athleticism wise. He's gonna have his eyes opened pretty quickly, but. Uh, He's a good player, man. I'm excited for him. He's he's a physical kid, and he's plays plays with some fire. So it'll be fun to watch him. Well, Luke, I mean, I, I know you and I haven't been able to really sit down and talk a ton, but every time I see you, it's all love. And I've always been a big fan. Uh, I'm rooting like hell for you, man. And uh, please make this not the only time you come on my pod. We got to do this again, dude. Oh man, I'd love to. I appreciate you having me. I know uh, I got to give a shout out to Danny Claire. Uh, yeah, he's a fellow knight, and he was. He was make, he was like he was gonna be pretty mad at me if I didn't give him a shout out. He's a day one <laughs> listener, so uh, I gotta toss his name in there real quick. But yeah, you got a you got a following, man. We we love love the show, and and thanks for having me. You got it, Luke. Thanks, man. Appreciate you. Yep, we'll see you. Thank you. All right, my thanks to Pella Windows and Doors. If you're thinking about a new window or a new front door. Now is the perfect time. Give Pella a call at 402-493-1350 or check them out online at PellaOmaha.com. We will see you next time on the Nick Bob Podcast. Media Production.